Hello and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. I'm your co-host Katie Carlisle and I've been freelance for over five years running my own Squarespace web design and training business and I also run a community called Freelance Folk for freelancers who want to be alone together. Hi everyone, my name is Michelle Pratt, I'm a business trainer and coach and I've been uh, self-employed for about four years now and I'll be your other host for today's podcast on the very exciting subject of tax returns. Woohoo, party time, (laughs) excellent. So we thought this was a pertinent time of year to do it because for a significant percentage of you out there, I'm going to guess that within the last week you might have been submitting your tax return. So... I think that is something which is a universal freelance problem, which is submitting a tax return and having to pay tax. Um, but actually getting your tax return done on time is the specific problem that we're going to look at. And so we're going to be talking about why it plagues so many freelancers and what we can do about it. Yeah, definitely. I saw a few Facebook posts uh, this week of people who literally did it at the 11th hour. Um, So I know a lot of people have been leaving it to the last minute. So maybe we can help you with that one. So my first question actually is, is, is is it a problem? Is it a problem if you do it in time, even if it's at the last minute? I think if you get it done on time and you're okay with a last minute panic, and I know many people are, without that pressure of the deadline, they won't work, then no, I guess it's not a problem. But I think a lot, what happens in a lot of cases is people leave it to the last minute and it causes so much stress or they have to stop doing other things in order to get the tax return done, it would probably be a lot easier if they maybe just did it a little bit more methodically throughout the year perhaps. And so it wouldn't then cause that interruption to the business and the panic if, if some system doesn't work, exactly. if something crashes. Exactly, internet signal in the snow, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we should probably clarify as well, specifically for this episode we're going to be talking about doing a self-assessment tax return so we're not talking about the process if you're set up as a limited company which is quite different but some of the topics that we're going to be talking about within today's episode would also be relevant for limited companies such as getting your finances in order finding an accountant and so on yes and i think you can do your own books and that if you are a limited company as well so it really does apply to you too so let's have a think about the problems that we face and I think one of the main ones is something that we have talked about before in episode four but a lot of the reasons people don't get the tax return done in time is because they procrastinate about it. Yeah we did a whole episode on procrastination so I think some of the reasons are the same isn't it? I don't, we're, we're in different positions. It's, I promise you we have not done good cop bad cop here but you quite <laughs> like being organised and uh, getting things sorted. I really hate the detailed work and that's not my thing at all so I think for a lot of people doing a tax return or sorting your finances we know that it needs to be done but it's boring, it's tricky, it's for a lot of people it's just not a pleasant task and I think that desire to put it off um, to do more enjoyable things is, is really quite strong. Yeah definitely and it is interesting yeah, that we take a very different approach to managing yeah. our self-employment kind of finances. I have to say though even though I had all the information ready this year I still submitted the return a fairly last minute not on the last day but in the last week that I could do it. That was partly strategic because it was I, w- I was trying to work out how much I needed to earn in terms of mortgages and things like that, which is a whole other topic, a whole other freelance Another problem day, is yeah, mortgages yeah. and everything. Um, so there's a reason why I kind of left it until the last minute because um, I was deciding how much to claim for. Um, but but yeah, basically, I, I had all the information ready, but I still left that bit. So there's still that psychological procrastination of actually... 
I have to go and type these numbers into a thing that is slightly annoying for me, even though I like the detail of it. Yeah, I think the thing is, human nature, like most people, we are quite simple and we're driven either by, you know, pleasure, you know, drive towards something that makes us feel good and triggers our reward centres, or we're driven by things that uh, create a threat response. And taxes tend to be something where it's the threat response that well, ledges you. Well, I have to you. part with my precious money. Yeah. It's pain. And you want to avoid a fine <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and getting it wrong and be in trouble with a tax man. So most, most, most of the time when we're motivated by something like that, not getting a fine, not getting in trouble, not being worse off, it's so much easier to do things that are much more nicer, much more pleasurable, and to bury your head in the sand yeah. a little bit. But it, it is that driver of that sharp, pointy stick that's going to be poked into you if you don't get it done that makes us makes us do the work. And I think there's a big fear around doing it wrong as well. Yeah. Like if you're doing it yourself, then you you know it's kind of like oh no, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't I don't want to mess it up. So there's the getting fined if you submit it late. Well, if you get investigated, but it's like yeah, that that fear. And actually, to be you know the 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 worst that they can do if they investigate you is that they then say actually no you do need to pay this tax just cough up yeah and one thing that I um have got so I'm a member of IPSE which is the Association for Freelancers so I P S E it stands for independent for independent professionals and self employed and one of the things you get as a perk of the membership is if you do get tax investigated they will give you um they will they will kind of give you support for free. basically they'll give you an accountant and some legal help if needed to help with that investigation so then it's it kind of takes that slight fear away a little bit yeah that that like having that knowledge means that i'm like okay i'm going to do it to the best of my ability and if anything happens then i know i've got that support there yeah rather than it having a massive impact on my business i know that i've got that support there to help me and it's not going to be radically different like most of us if we're freelancers we're not running these like epic level enterprises where we're talking about huge variations in the amount of tax that we could be paying versus what we are paying you know so actually the worst case scenario is probably not even going to be that bad it's probably the familiar tax yeah some some accountants um that you get, get insurance with them and that helps mm. the same as well it protects you if you do get an investigation so let's have a think about how we can lessen the pain a little bit and maybe kind of try and appease a bit of this procrastination so how can we be a bit more organized throughout the year or how can we feel like we're on top of our taxes and have good financial habits in relation to your tax return yeah definitely and maybe we, we can start with doing your own self-assessment because my approach to not getting in trouble with the tax man is different to yours so yes, let's so you, we'll take the two approaches so you yeah. do you do your own yeah um, i like doing my own i've actually even inquired with an accountant before now and the accountant has said no anybody who spends their time reading test cases that HMRC have done to decide on the precedence for whether you can claim on things probably doesn't need the support of an accountant <laughs> for, for a self-assessment tax return. I feel like for a limited company, it's much more relevant to have an accountant. Whereas for me, yeah, I'm a bit of a nerd about this stuff. So I really like understanding how things work. And I think once I understand how something works, I'm then more happy to outsource it. But before I get to that point, I like to understand how things work. So I spent a lot of time reading through all the guidelines. I'll ring up HMRC to ask for clarification about things. And I, yeah, literally will read test cases so that I understand why you can't claim for this thing or why you can claim for this thing. Um, So for me, I like doing my own one because 
I like having the control over it. I'm a bit of a control freak, so I like knowing where I stand with my own stuff. And I know that if I hand it over to someone else, as soon as I do that, I almost, I'm too extreme. So I know if I hand it over to someone else, I stop thinking about it entirely. And I just absolve myself of any responsibility. But actually the truth is, even if you are having an accountant, and we'll talk about your experience yeah, later, yeah. even if we're having an, if you're having an accountant, you are still ultimately responsible. Yes, absolutely. And you know, oh, my accountant didn't send Find me it. something in time is not a legitimate excuse. So it's kind of that you still need to retain a little bit of responsibility even if you are going to an accountant. And I and I just for for me, yeah, I just I just kind of want either to someone to for, to deal with it entirely, or it, it's kind of like if I have to do a bit, I may as well do all of it. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, yeah. I um, think I think you get satisfaction from having done it though. I think when when you finish doing those numbers and submit it, do you get some satisfaction? Yeah, from I think. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, and I you know I I like understanding what's happening to my money. Um, I I you know I like. I like knowing what I can claim for and I like making, you know, I can I can make more, I feel like I can make more informed decisions about my business finances because I do it myself. But I'm not expecting that most people out there will be as geeky as me and there'll obviously be a sort of sliding scale of, of people who, who, yeah, who really like it. And, 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 and actually one of the things that I found has been massively helpful to me is just, yeah, finding software that makes it, much more much more painless to do the process because I, I i like the i like the understanding how you know i like the understanding of how it works which i think is a big i think that's one of the biggest barriers to people because they feel like they, they're not sure about what they can claim for and they're not sure about how it works so that i love i don't like bookkeeping though like i don't no, i don't terrible. like the actual day-to-day thing of bookkeeping so for me apps and software that helps to make bookkeeping less painful is just yeah amazing so like i have invoicing software that will set you know that i can do online and then it will automatically record if someone's paid by so it gives you the option to either pay by bank transfer or by a credit or debit card if someone pays by card it automatically records that payment if someone does it by credit or debit card there's an app on my phone where i can really easily mark it paid and so then i'm always up to date with my invoices and i know what's overdue and everything and at the end of the year it's all there ready i don't have to do anything i just press the reports thing and it tells me how much i've earned and i can also check in throughout the year so that's one of the things that i've done in the last couple of years is actually rather than just waiting to the end of the year and going oh i wonder how much i earned this year is actually being a bit more proactive about it as well. And that's something you and I have talked about, Michelle. Oh, well, yeah. I, sometimes I don't know my... I know I have a vague idea, but I don't know my exact end of year figures till someone hands me the bit of paper, which I can definitely see a benefit of staying on it as you go. So how do you do it then? How do you... Because if you do this throughout the year, how do you make sure that when you get to return time that you're on top of things? Well, I mean, one of the things that's massively helped me over the last year or so is an app that both of us use now for our business bank account called Coconut. And like that is just, I mean, that's just saving me so much time. Um, I'm I'm not on commission. I just love it. Um, And I've talked about it a little bit already. Um, But basically it's a a business banking app designed for for self-employed and small businesses. And 
it will it it's they're about to introduce the invoicing feature on Android, which will then make me actually move away from my accounting software package, and I'll just be using Coconut. But basically, it will it tracks your expenses. Track your but what, the great thing about it is, you know how normally in a bank account you've got your kind of bank state bank statements, but then you need to export that data to your accounting software or to a spreadsheet to put it into categories. Yeah. With Coconut, you can actually categorize it in the app, and it learns. And it learns exactly. Yeah. So it's if if you if you tell it once, okay, this is a software subscription. It knows, okay, next time that payment's taken out, it's software. And so it, it it puts it into categories that are relevant for tax. And it also has information in there about what you can and can't claim for. And then it will tell you your estimated tax bill as you're going through the year. If your income's going into that account as well, it will tell you your estimated tax bill throughout the year. So that's a really good way of keeping track. I believe they're going to be introducing a feature called Vaults relatively soon where they uh, where you can then put money aside within oh, the app as well and that's one of the things that i think has really been helpful to me is actually having money saved throughout the year for the tax return um physically move out the yeah, yeah yeah so so a lot of bank accounts you know whether you're using your business bank account or your personal bank account um you know generally you can have like a linked e-savings type account um, so I have one of those, which is where I put money aside specifically for a tax return. And I've found that between about 15 and 20% of your income, if you set that aside, that normally gives you enough of a cushion for when it comes to tax return time. Because yeah. what you, cause you have your personal kind of allowance that you have, which um, so you're not paying tax on everything that you earn. But... In addition to tax, you're paying national insurance, you're paying student loans, and you're also paying, you might also end up paying a payment on account, which I know is a thing that kind of throws freelancers, especially in your first year or the first year that you earn a little bit more and pay a bit more tax. This payment on account thing is something that a lot of people don't know about. And so you've got to pay next year's tax. Basically, you, front, so yeah. you pay your tax for the previous tax year that you're submitting a return for, but if you've earned over a certain threshold, you then have to pay half of an estimate for what your next year's tax will be up front. So once you've done that once, you're into that routine and it's not painful anymore, but the first time you do it, you're having to pay basically one and a half years worth of tax, and a lot of people aren't aware of that. Yeah. So it's definitely worth giving yourself a bit of a cushion. And the easiest way to do, to do that is if as soon as you get money into your account, siphon off 20% or you know around that amount and create that buffer. The, you know, if you can do 20%, do that because then the worst case scenario, you'll yeah. have a bit of spare money at the end of yeah, it, which absolutely. you can then use to invest in the business. Um, so I do, so I use Coconut, which makes it really easy. It's um, all in one place then, isn't it's it? It's all in one place. I used also the accounting software that I was using was called Wave. I think the website's waveapps.com. Um, and that's what I use for my invoicing until I move over to Coconut. Um, and they've got they've got two apps. One's one for invoicing and one's one for expenses. So basically one where you can take a picture of a receipt with your phone. So I hate paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a digital person. I like internet things. Um, so. The advantage of having that is, is if you take a picture of something, it doesn't get lost in your wallet, it doesn't get put in a shoebox, it doesn't end up fading away. If you want to keep the paper copy, cool, but it's always useful to have a backup as well. Yeah. Um, because the amount, when I first started, the amount of receipts now I've got from like five years ago where you can't actually read what's on it because it's faded. And so for me, having that photo and knowing that I've got that evidence stored there, um, you know, if I should need to provide it for an investigation. I think it's seven years you're supposed to keep stuff. Um, 
so yeah, you know, having it digitally just means it's not taking up physical space in my house and everything. So I find that quite useful. Um, and then in terms of actually submitting the tax return, I use a tool called Simple Tax and their website's gosimpletax.com. And that basically asks you all the same questions that HMRC asks you, but in human language. I love that. You said that to me and I had a look and the first year I was doing it, I was like, oh, do I get an accountant or do I do my own? Because the tax, I did the tax self-assessment myself. The first, I was self-employed for a few weeks of the financial year and I was employed for the rest. So I did my own. And the, the form was really confusing and I was I, only six weeks self-employment. I was comfortable that I could I could figure it out. But it's so common. And when you showed me that simple tax website, like you say, it's exactly the same questions on the tax yeah, form. Yeah. Just in place. Why HRMC, HRMC can't do that? I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so crazy. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I've been using that. And I think you pay about £20 a year. So you basically pay whenever you... Uh, want to submit it I think you can get a discount if you buy it in advance as well I think it's about £20 which it's really I'm like, cheap yeah I mean and the good thing is as well what it does it will ask you to so it will it, you've got you, can put, you put in the information in the different sections for what your expenses are and what have you but it will pop up uh, sort of suggestions for how to make sure you're claiming what you're allowed to claim for so for example if you were to put um, a car expense so if you have to put car insurance, if you use your car for business purposes, if you put car insurance, but you don't put road tax, it will ping up a thing saying, we've found ways for you to save more tax. Have you claimed for your road insurance, road tax? And sometimes for me, like stuff like that, I pay from a different account rather than my business account. So it's so really easy it. to forget. Yeah. So it's really helpful to have that reminder. So I feel like it pays for itself as well. Um, so that's, that's really useful. And also then, allows you to very easily apportion your costs so for example if you use your car for i don't know 50 percent business use and 50 percent personal use you just put in the whole cost of the car stuff and then there's just a little portion box button where yeah you can say rank 50 percent and then it calculates it all for you so it's really handy and it's a you know and you can properly like submit through it it's an authorized submission tool so you can submit your tax return and then you just go onto hmrc's website to actually do the payment of your tax the actual painful bit um so that's really helpful and yeah that along with coconut they both give you tips on what you can and can't claim for because i think there's a lot of misconceptions around freelancers that like you like if you're if you're a sole trader rather than a limited company if you're if you're just going to work from a coffee shop to get the wi-fi and to have a place to work if that's somewhere that you're normally working from, you can't claim that coffee as an expense. Yeah. I'm ready to have an argument with HMRC about this because I feel like their rules are outdated. That's yes, yeah, way of paying for office space, essentially. Yeah, exactly. But they don't see it like that. They see it as you can't separate the line between what's for personal use and what's for business use because if you're drinking coffee, then that's going to you as a person. Like, So that's their argument. Um, but it's, yeah, it's outdated, I think, that it doesn't reflect the realities of freelancing. No. Um, so there's certain things where it's helpful to understand what you can claim for, you know, things to remember to claim for, like the cost of working for home, from home, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I, as I say, I, I like finding out about this stuff and how it works. Um, and I think just trying to do it as you go along does make it easier. Um, so I, I just got into a bit of a habit where on a, on a Friday morning, I'll kind of go through and do my finance bits and pieces 
um, you know, check up, check up my invoices if they've been sent, make sure I've taken photos of my receipts, and so then I can clear them out of my purse and everything. So then when it comes to tax return time, I'm sort of, I'm ready to, you know, and, and you can fill in, with simple tax, you can fill it in in advance with the information um, and then you click on report and it will tell you then how much tax but also how much national insurance you'll pay, you'll pay how much payment on account you'll pay so you can get that idea in advance of what you're going to have to pay that's really good like you say no nasty surprises and having that money separate is, is absolutely key I used to have a business bank account and a business savings account since going to Coconut I now just got the one account but yeah I would really appreciate a business savings account yeah. again yeah or just a way to visualise that money separately, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess that's that's how I do it in terms of the... the. I mean, this is a quite practical episode, I think, that we're doing. Well, it's a bit it? part mindset, um, part, yeah. part practicalities. I think that mentality of just when you get the invoice in, it's nice to get paid, but just remember 20% of that mentally mm. or physically needs to be go to one yeah, side. That's how yeah. I do it. 20% of whatever invoice comes in, just shift yeah, it. Yeah, just yeah, go to see it. Or I actually have it where I have a threshold. So if it's under a certain amount... I don't bother trying to divide that out. No. Because I get, sometimes I get bitty payments for like doing like training and support Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's over, over a certain amount that then gets siphoned off. Um, and I, yeah, like, I mean, we talked about having business accounts. I know a lot of you will have probably just used your personal accounts as well. Um, personally, I found that having it separate made it much easier to to account for because it, it wasn't it wasn't all getting mixed up I didn't have to kind of trawl through my personal transactions to find the work ones yeah it was quite nice having it all separate so I prefer having a business account because it's really easy for me to know okay this is work money this is home money um I think I mean most business banking accounts are free for the first 18 months or two or, years or you know that you can generally get some kind of deal um, one yeah. thing to check as well is if you've got a personal account, probably technically you're not allowed to use it for commercial use, but I don't think it's not like they particularly notice. But. No, but I think having it separate is probably just the main thing. And also you get other perks of the business bank account as well. So a lot of the, the um, features of Coconut we'll talk about now, most of the mainstream banks are now adding some of those in, probably yeah. not as well, or, or, or doing a deal with, with accounting software. There's normally a business advisor, although they may not be well suited to your business, it really depends. Uh, sometimes they offer um, access to lounges or startup generator networky thingies. So yeah. yeah, worth checking out. There's other perks too. So Michelle, like like we've said, you've taken a slightly different approach because you're just, just like just no, outsource it, just no. outsource it. Yeah, I mean personally, if you if you have this year had a mad panic and a lot of stress just getting your own tax return in, and if you're not like Katie, you, you take no pleasure from it. I would suggest getting an accountant, and that's the way that I've gone. Um, I'm not exactly a high roller, but I still think an, out- an accountant <laughs> is worth every penny. Um, I used to be a mortgage advisor. I used to be a insurance advisor. I do understand business accounts and balance sheets. I used to work for a bank for 12 years, so I understand how all this stuff works. I'm financially literate. However, I do not like doing my books, <laughs> and I do not like doing my tax return. I'd much rather use my time for better things. Um, 
I, I'm, and also I'm not a detail person and I'm not really a numbers person. Now, again, I can do both if I have to, but it takes a lot of conscious thought. It takes a lot of effort. So for, for me, this is a little bit about where do your strengths lie? And it plays to your strengths. It doesn't pay to mine. Um, yeah, I'm a massive detail person, so it works I, for me. <laughs> I'm really not. So this is not my forte. In order to get to the level of accuracy you would need, I have to really concentrate and make myself do it. So it feels very draining and it's not very pleasant. And it's what else you could be doing with that time as well. I know, I know. It's exactly that. So, yeah. So I did it, like I said, the first six weeks I did it at my first tax return. I didn't feel confident that I'd done it correctly. I was 99% confident, but there was still a little bit of me thinking, well, I'm not 100% sure that I've done this right. How do I know? Is there other things out there for that I could claim that I'm not aware of? Um, have I claimed for something that I really shouldn't have claimed? Um, and I just wasn't very happy with it as well. So, and I think that fear is that feeds into that procrastination. It as does. Well. It makes you want to put it off. Oh, I'll, I'll wait till I've got time to check. Yeah, or I'll wait till yeah. I've got time to ask somebody. And it's so easy to put it off. I think the clincher for me was my day rate from when I do training or if I did a day's worth of coaching, I get paid more for that day than I would than it cost to get an accountant. So an accountant is like a half day rate, a two thirds day rate of mine. So. It would take more than a day for me to do my books and to do my accounts and tax. I could lose two, three days doing that because I would do it so slowly. I'd have to go back and check over and over again. So as far as I'm concerned, like you say, what else could you do with that time? Well, I could be doing a day's training. I could be doing some coaching. And even if I had no work booked in, it was January, I was quiet. I would, I could do marketing activity. I could be generating more business. I could be networking. So I think it's a false economy. I don't think an accountant costs money and well, the, the, the rule of thumb generally is a good accountant should pay for themselves in terms of finding ways that you can be more tax efficient and save yeah, money yeah it happened with us I mean what, I took a little bit of a break after I first left employment and I didn't earn enough to uh, pay tax uh, or I hadn't done, I can't remember how it worked out because mm. you do it for, for the previous year but at one point I was able to use my wife's tax allowance I was able to transfer my tax allowance to hers well the amount of money that saved us uh, pays the best part of the accountant's bills yeah. anyway so just that alone so there's things like that your accountant will know but they'll know how to do it as well um, so that was kind of the big one for me and uh, that was kind of the clincher I, th I think the other thing as well with an accountant it is that peace of mind so like you say you hand it over and you don't have to think about it and and I do get that comes with some pitfalls as well so yes I hand it over I don't have to think about it I could very easily hand it all over and not know what I'm earning from one year to the next and I think we do need to take some financial responsibility you really do want to know what's going in and out and not wait for the end of the year or a few months gone the end of the year to think about it. You want to learn the lessons from your financial management as you go. So I do I do, do bookkeeping. I'm a really low maintenance uh, client as well, but I still think it's worth paying for the accountant. Even though I keep my receipts in meticulous order, even though I do my own books, I know what's going in and out. Even though I record my own things like mileage um, and like you say, all the, all the other stuff as well. But um, I like the fact that I can talk to someone who knows my business, they know me, my family, that we um, talk about the way that I run my business and the kind of activity I'm doing. And also they'll ask me questions as well. So they ask me questions like, you know, HRMC, this year I got asked, uh, for example, they said, query HR, or HRMC, I can't say that today, mm -hmm. you might ask. 
Um, your travel expenses are significantly down on last year. So one of the questions that stands out for me is why are your travel expenses down? And the simple answer is I do more training uh, virtually than I do face-to-face. So I don't have to drive to see my virtual clients. Um, therefore, my travel costs are significantly down on last year. And I answered the question, but I just feel happy having had that chat that everything so is covered. prepared to answer that question, should it ever come up? Yeah, exactly. and I, I haven't missed anything. They're being thorough. They've covered everything. And you can go, you can ask for advice as well. So should I be a sole trader or a limited company? What would happen if I did those things? Mm. Like you say, some accountants will do that for free as a, as a general chat, but it is nice to have someone who knows your business answer those questions. And of course, they can re- recommend other services as well. If there is a financial advisor attached to their accountancy firm, they may be able to give you other people to speak to. And I think there's a certain amount of it's, it's, it's nice to have that accountability to somebody else as well. So yeah. if, you know, you, obviously it will depend on how your accountant works, but one of the things that, that I guess we know we're going to talk about shortly is, is how to find a good accountant and how to find one that works for you. And actually, if you, want to, if you want to make sure you're on track throughout the year and you've got that information that can help you make decisions about your business, you want to be giving stuff to them every month or every quarter rather than just at the end of the year. So if you've got somebody who's going to help you to be accountable and say every month, right, you need to submit stuff for the month that, like now, then that's going to get you doing it. If you know that you're not going to do that otherwise, then that can be really, really valuable, having someone else that's asking you for that money. And you're paying them, so you know that like, that, that you don't want your money to go to waste by not giving them the stuff that they need to yeah, be able to help absolutely. you. And if they can then provide some information back to you, you know, it probably cost a bit more, but the kind of management accounts in inverted commas where, where they, give, you know, they, they will give you that insight into what, how your business is performing can be really really helpful and you can ask questions even stupid questions i mean if you hand it over and to someone else it's like right this is what your tax bill and you're like when do i pay that again when does <laughs> it again you can ask them anything and that's basically what you're paying them for yeah exactly so it's yeah it's the peace of mind and i think the accountability side as well i mean i used i did trial having a bookkeeper for a little while because of that accountability side of it um but in the end i realized that the work i was having to do was the bit i the, the bit that i really wanted to outsource that i couldn't which was the physically getting receipts from me to somebody else and that was my barrier and I was, as soon as i as soon as i realized that i was like actually i don't mind the, the inputting it it's the dealing with the receipts that pains me um so then i, I sacked it off because yeah. like, it's not it's not helping solve the actual problem no and I, I'm sure I still did that the thing handed over to an accountant and I was like so when that deadline passed everyone's having a panic on, on Facebook on Twitter because oh, don't you just got my tax return done I'm like did my accountant submit my tax return I mean I'm assuming they did but, I, but like I say I know I'm still accountable so I'm trusting that they've done it I'm trusting yeah. I'll soon find out if they haven't done it <laughs> but um, yeah it doesn't alleviate you of that responsibility and also some of that some of that worry as well but for the most part that's really worked for me so if someone wants to find an accountant, have you got any suggestions on how to go about finding somebody? Yeah, I'd, go, I'd just get a good recommendation from other people. Um, um, I think I found my first accountant through a business advisor from the um, Growth Hub. They suggested someone that she, she, the lady just knew who happened to be appropriate for my size of business. Um, I've had a recommendation now for another accountant from someone who I know and trust and I've had a chat with that person as well so I think the ability to sit face to face is not vital these days but I do think it helps or at least a phone call so go with someone who's trusted go with someone who's recommended and of course go with someone who's qualified as well 
Yeah, so if you look for somebody who's regulated, there's various letters that they will have on their kind of website or on their documentation. So there might be CIMA, ICAEW, or ACCA as a few of the examples. But basically, look for somebody who's got who's regulated. If you're not sure what all of that means, just ask them, are you regulated? And if so, how are you regulated? Yeah. And most accountants are really... Uh, when I spoke to the, the, the latest guy... He was. He actually went through. I didn't even ask for it, but he just went through this kind of thing. And was convincing me of all the credentials they mm. had, all the qualifications, all the uh, steps they take to make sure everything's done properly and above board. So it's a really, it's on a really smart outfit. One thing to check is to make sure um, that as your if your accountant's firm grows quite quickly, or just worth you know how many clients they have on. If they take on new clients, or they're constantly growing all the time, they may delegate things to members of staff and uh, you may not hear back for them and they may grow too quickly and you may get a lesser service. If you're unhappy with the service that you're getting at any point, of course, you shouldn't be afraid to switch accountants. There's yeah. plenty out there, as someone once said to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, I think sometimes you kind of feel like, oh, no, I can't change because I've got, you know, I'm, I'm sort of too entrenched in that in that system. But actually, you know, a, a, a decent accountant will be able to provide that information in a, in a format that's useful to other accountants and export yeah. that information. Um, one thing to bear in mind is that different accountants tend to use different software tools. So some accountants will offer you a package where they say, okay, yeah, you're paying for, for this, but we'll also give you, um, we'll all, you know, included in this rate is access to an accounting software tool. So there's like zero with an X, so X-E-R-O, uh, free agent, fresh books, QuickBooks, so various accounting packages. So if you're already using a software tool yourself that you're comfortable with then just check if that is one that the accountant is also happy to use or if they only use one tool if they only use one tool just have a quick look at it and make sure that that's something that you'd feel comfortable using if you're going to need to do anything with it yourself yeah absolutely um so i think the the main kind of takeaways really is find the way that works for you i would say and and try and work out okay if if you've left it to the last minute, why have you done it? So ask yourself those questions and, you know, what is it that actually gives you pain or frightens you or, and how can you, how can you do it? So actually for me, like one thing I've done in the past is when I've, before I kind of was doing it on a regular basis, when I, when I knew I had a bit more of a chunk of work to do, I've had a little tax party. So I, I've, I've set aside a weekend where I've gone You're out. You're a laugh a minute. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm crazy. I know how to party. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've like had it where I've set aside a weekend where I'm like, right, I'm going to do all my tax stuff this weekend, all my finance stuff. And I've just like gone and got loads of really nice snacks and I've put some tunes on and like just kind of made it a bit more fun and enjoyable. So like, like I have thought, can we do like some kind of finance and gin something? That just sounds like, like the recipe like for disaster. Well. Um, but yeah, you know, it, the, the, if, if you, if it's a particular place that you enjoy working from, maybe use that as the place to go and do your taxes so that it, you're not, it's just making it a bit less painful for yourself. Or like Michelle said, you know, try and outsource it as much as you can to just somebody else stick those receipts yeah. in the shoebox and yeah. hand them over hand to someone over. else exactly 
<laughs> so yeah, I think a big takeaway for me as well. Some people think it saves money, so I would say just do a cost benefit analysis, but don't just look at the numbers. So a cost benefit analysis, or as someone I worked with once called it, a good to grief ratio. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so the grief, how far it weighs the good. Think about the cost to you in terms of your stress, your well-being, your peace of mind, uh, your enjoyment of what you do, and your opportunity cost, of course, of serving your clients and do the thing that you're good at and that you enjoy doing. And um, it's not you're not necessarily saving money by doing it yourself you could be costing you money in yeah. real terms yeah it could so, be a false economy so that'd be my one yeah. thing just weigh that up and uh, if you're not sure how to find an accountant as we say ask some recommendations you'll find someone good i think yeah if you know if you go into any of the facebook groups for freelancers there's the being freelance community there's freelance heroes there's um, freelance accountants and there's freelance accountants yeah and if you look on you know look on twitter and stuff like just ask for recommendations there'll be people that would be really happy to help and i, I would echo what you say michelle always have an initial kind of conversation with them and you know wait wait see see how com- see how comfortable you feel asking them questions a good accountant again should, i think should make you feel like there is no such thing as a stupid question and you shouldn't feel embarrassed to ask questions of them yeah. so if you find someone that makes you feel comfortable and you're kind of yeah you know happy with their credentials and everything then that's a really good starting point and if you're not sure i've said to people in the past am i the right size for you i'm very small i don't have a you know, not like I said, i'm not a high roller um but i'm also quite low maintenance i'm not going to take um i'm not going to give you like your, your biggest income but i'm also not going to take up a lot of your time am i the right type of client for your yeah, business yeah and most of them are quite happy to to let you yeah. know Definitely. So yeah, we hope that you um, have some food for thought there. I, say, I hope I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about tax. Um, and hopefully you're all kind of inspired now to go and get yourselves ready for next year for, for April. So you'll be submitting your tax returns on like the the seventh of April or whatever when when it's the uh, new tax year, sixth or seventh of April. Um, so that's pretty much all we've uh, got time for on this episode of Ninety Nine Problems, but a boss ain't one. Uh, but if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact me, Katie, at The Wheel Exists on all good social media platforms. And yes, I'm Michelle from Dive Deep Development on Twitter. I'm at Dive Deep Dep DVP. And we'll see you next time for 99 Problems, but a boss ain't one.